Hey there, how's it going? Welcome to the very first episode of the From My Perspective podcast. Thank you for joining me. My name is not important, but the topics we'll be talking about on the From My Perspective podcast could be to you. Let's find out. At this current point in my life, I am 25 years old. I am living in Auckland, New Zealand. I'm just about to finish my three-year bachelor's degree and I'm staring into the frighteningly dark abyss of the future. When I look into the future, I see a future of job hunting and competition, showing up for interviews, and seeing other candidates knowing that they're probably better than I am. It's a time I see that I need to put on this special type of persona, of professionalism, to trick, I guess, <laughs> the people into wanting to hire me. It's a dark thought that potentially the degree that I've chosen isn't the one that I've wanted, that I actually want to do. So today we are going to be looking at two things. We're going to be looking at one, existential crisis and how that affects our everyday lives, how it affects our futures and how it might actually stop us from achieving anything real in our lives. Um, but two is also kind of the opposite, kind of the same. It's trying new things. So if you have joined us here today on the very first episode of this podcast, thank you so much. Um, you can see that this has been a new thing for me to try. So let's start off with just generally uh, how it feels at the moment to be uh, about five weeks out from the end of my degree. I am facing a fork in the road in my life at the moment and I'm sure that there'll be a lot of students out there, not only students, but there'll be parents out there, um, there'll be, you know, professionals out there who feel like they're at a bit of an impasse in their life um, as to where they, where they think they might go next. They don't know if what they've done in their life has been, has held any real meaning for them. Uh, and they, they're thinking about why, what's, what's the point? Um, oh, that got very dark there for a second. I didn't mean it to go that dark. <clears throat> More a case of what am I doing with my life that provides meaning for myself? And I think before we start on that, you have to go back to the whole, um, idea of what is the meaning of life. Now you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of different people who have uh, the idea of the different ideas in, in terms of why they're here. Some people will tell you, you know, that it's for God and things like that. Um, some people will tell you that there is no reason for, for existing. Some people will tell you that it's to just do whatever the heck you want for as long as you want. And truthfully, no one really knows. I can give you what I believe. I believe that we are here to do whatever we want to do. I think that it's our choice to decide what happens in our life. It's our decision and our right to choose as a human what our purpose is. Now, I do also realize how um, that could be perceived 
for people who are from other countries that potentially don't have the same opportunities or freedoms as we do. Um, so that's something that I, I would like to look further into myself. But in terms of my life, it is about really what I want to do, uh, when I want to do it and making the most out of it. So I guess in a way, when it comes to existential crisis, it is just a lack of me knowing what I want to do with my life in order to move forward. Um, it's also a big feeling of the decisions that I've already made being the wrong decisions or wasteful decisions. So I decided to go to university three years ago um, to be able to get a degree. So I've done a degree in in teaching. Um, I've done a degree in teaching and when I, before I first started, I was working in an organization that helped, helped people and I could see or help and educate people. And I could see that there was a huge amount of, of information lacking in our kids. And that was one of the driving forces for me to become a teacher. And I don't regret that reasoning there because I think that there are people that definitely need a lot of education in the world. You do definitely come across people that make very, very silly decisions. Um, but not only that, not, not only just silly decisions, but decisions that they themselves can't explain why they've made. They just do it for no reason, essentially. Not even to make themselves happy or to help other people be happy or, yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm going to pause it there for the moment. So based on that, I'm not, I, I'm definitely not regretting making the decision to go into uh, a degree in teaching. Um, I found that one of the biggest driving factors for myself in terms of doing a teaching degree was actually watching YouTube videos. Um, YouTube is absolutely full of um, teachers that vlog their everyday lives about, about teaching. And I found myself watching a whole bunch of these ones that they just have so much enthusiasm for life. Like they're definitely in the role that they're supposed to be in and they're sharing that sort of enjoyment and excitement with the world through their YouTube channel. And I think that I got sucked in a little bit to to that excitement and wanting to be, maybe wanting to be that person um, and wanting to emulate that sort of excitement and that sort of happiness. And um, so that was also one of the driving factors uh, for me to go into my degree. The point during my degree when I realized that potentially it wasn't what I wanted to do was after the first year, I think, after the first year, I'd gotten to the end and I hadn't gotten the marks that I was quite expecting to get. Um, I realized that some of the classes really interest me. So the classes like history and um, 
not philosophy, psychology, those classes really, really interest me about, you know, how kids learn and the history of, of teaching in New Zealand and the world or before New Zealand, you know, England. Um, and I found those much more interesting rather than the practical side of actually teaching. Um, and I think that continued into second year when we really started getting into doing things like lesson planning. And I found that I enjoyed the process of lesson planning, but when it came to actually teaching it, I did enjoy teaching it as well, but not as much as the actual planning for it. And I thought at that point, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the wrong degree, but I'm incredibly stubborn and I didn't want to make it feel like I was wasting the money that I had already put in. Um, yeah, so I guess I kind of, I kind of scammed myself on that one. There's actually a, um, an idea in scamming where people who have been scammed if they've put money in, regardless of whether they whether or not they think they might have been scammed, they continue to put money in because they've already lost on it without the the thought of just backing out, you know, taking the loss and then moving on. I think I kind of pushed myself under the bus with the, this particular degree. Now, that's not to say that I'm not hugely excited about next year it's it's not that I'm not hugely excited about taking on a new um, teaching position or teaching role or things like that it's just simply I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to get up every single morning and really enjoy what I'm doing for the rest of my life and I think that's the part that scares me the most and I think it might be the part that scares most people the most is to the thought of this is it for the rest of my life. I have never ever been someone that has been able to just do something over and over and over again. I get bored very very easily. Um, I if I don't see a point or, you know, a reason to do something, then I, I tend not to, or I try and pass it on to someone else. And I guess that's probably one of my biggest faults as a human is that I can't just sit down or I can't just do what I need to do. Um, so this is going to be a really, really special testing point, I think, in my life just to see what I can do as a person to make sure that I'm hitting the targets I need to daily, which will most likely be the same targets, but doing it in a way that's new and exciting so that I don't become stagnant, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, but in terms of existential crisis, I looked into some online resources about, you know, what you can do as a human to sort of overcome that uh, sense of existential crisis. And um, this is from the clevelandclinic.org 
Um, and it's it's an article that's just basically six ways to overcome an existential crisis. It was published this year in, uh, in June, uh, 26th of June, 2020, um, which I guess <laughs> at this point, uh, especially considering this year with, with, you know, with COVID and lockdown and um, job loss and all that sort of things, this is actually probably one of the most prevalent articles to come out around um around mental health that isn't concerned with depression or anxiety. Um, I guess you could say existential crisis is a form of anxiety, but yeah. Um, so the article is six ways to overcome an existential crisis. And essentially they're talking about, you know, what it is, where it usually comes from. And they talk about points of, of your life, like um, losing a job, which many people have this year. Um you know, finishing school, which I've done this year, um, potentially things like um, dealing with the, the death of a loved one or, you know, the um, ending of a relationship, things like that. Um, but essentially it, it comes from a, a sudden change in circumstances in your life um, because you do sort of get into this the cycle of being comfortable and I, I guess that's one of the reasons why I stayed within my degree because it was a comfortable place to be um, that when I when I'm coming out of it now it, it does fill me with with a bit of dread about the future um, so here are six ways that you can overcome your existential crisis so I'm going to go over each of them I'm going to talk a little bit about them whether or not I agree with them um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts um, you can come and interact with me online I am on uh, Twitter with the page of at uh, FMP podcast um, please feel free to give us a follow there um, and tell us what you think if you agree if you disagree uh, I'm still in the process of setting up a whole bunch of different forums for you guys to be able to get back in contact um, because you may not agree with some of the things that I say or you may agree or you may have something else that you want to add um, that we can talk about in the next podcast so number one of how to overcome your existential crisis or dealing with existential crisis one adjust your viewpoint um so essentially what they're saying is that your mindset is what sets you up as where you feel like you're at in your life um your mindset is what helps you decide what emotion you're going to use to deal with a situation um so you know, someone who's not necessarily going through an existential crisis, they may also be going through a fork in their life where they are excited about the future. They're excited about not knowing what will come next. Um, and that's more to do with your mindset and viewpoint than anything else. So it's about, change. For number one's about changing how you see something. So changing the situation uh, as a crisis or something bad and, and changing that um, viewpoint as, a, as an opportunity um, that you may not have gotten if you had just stayed within your tiny, you know, comfortable bubble. Number two is keeping a gratitude journal. Um, so keeping a gratitude journal 
um, about the things that you're thankful for and that add meaning to your life. Because meaning and finding a purpose is really at the core of an existential crisis. Um, it really is important to be able to find those things that you are thankful for, that, that you do take meaning from. Um, I personally have tried to start a gratitude journal many, many times. Uh, it doesn't usually work out. I usually buy a new journal, that excitement of new stationery, write down in a couple of pages, and then I just leave it for the next three months until I'm cleaning out the office or cleaning out my bedroom. And I find it, you know, sitting there <laughs> dusty. And then having a look through it and saying, oh, why didn't I continue with this? And then I write something else in it and then it gets left for another three months. So I guess you can say I do do gratitude journaling, but very, very sporadically and not to any real effect in my life. Um, but if this is something that they are suggesting that I do, then maybe we'll start it again today uh, right after this recording. And then we can check back in three months and see if I have remembered to actually write in it or if it's just been sitting collecting dust again. So number three on this list is connect with people. Um, so they're saying that existential crisis can happen when you feel disconnected from people in your life. And it is important to reestablish those connections to make you feel more grounded. Um, I... I don't tend to reach out to people. I'm not a very social person. I am generally pretty introverted. I am, I don't make friends very well. I'm not someone who likes small talk at all. Oh my goodness, I hate small talk. But you can't just start a relationship with talking about really, really deep stuff either because people will look at you like you're absolutely mental. Um, so the people that I do tend to connect with the most in order to sort of move my way out of that ex existential crisis really does lie with, um, one, my partner, he is incredible to talk to and he's a lot less emotional than I am. He's very much more logical, which can be absolutely f uh, frustrating at times, uh, when you are looking for something along the lines of more like sympathy than you are, um, logical advice but I do really appreciate the fact that he is there to be able to say no you that's that's not right you're you're being silly you're overthinking it the other person that I love talking to is my mum um so my mum's gone through a lot of change in her life as well she's gone through um some addiction and things like that so it is it is really fantastic to talk to mum about that sort of stuff um because she understands the feeling. She knows what it feels like to feel like you're not moving forward. And we are kind of each other's support in, in a sense where we encourage each other to continue to, to keep pushing, to find find the thing that's going to help us the most. Um, the other person I talk to is my younger sister. I don't need to talk very much about my existential crisis, but it is very, very nice to talk to my younger sister about what she's planning to do with her life and um you know not so much like five years in the future or anything like that but just even next week that sort of thing because it is it is refreshing to talk to someone who does really who is still at that age where they do really just live in the moment and um are able to um 
articulate that they don't know what's going to come in the future but at the moment it doesn't matter um so that that is it's refreshing to be able to see sometimes talking to it is frustrating because you want them to think about what's going to happen in the future but then other times it's really really refreshing um to have that idea that maybe it actually doesn't matter you know just make a decision and move on and if it's the wrong one change it and then we'll see how that goes you know Anyway, uh, number four, practice mindfulness. Do you know what? I think I would lump this in with the gratitude. Um, the gratitude journaling. Um, I think there is a, a large sense of mindfulness that you need in order to be able to do that journaling. Um, but you don't need to do the journaling to be mindful. Um, so it really is about savoring those experiences that you have um, and remembering them and spending time on things that make you feel better as a person and that that might not necessarily be an activity that you do that might just be remembering things that you used to do that made you made you happy a memory that you have that that makes you happy as a person um number five is redirecting your energy um so they've they've used the pandemic as as a big example here with a lot of people you know not being able to go to work or losing their jobs and all the extra time on our hands that we now have because of this pandemic um so in new zealand we had a lockdown i can't even remember how long it was for it felt like forever i think it might have been like two months two months maybe um, where everyone just stayed home. Um, the only time you'd really ever see people is when you have to go to the supermarket um, because everyone still needs to eat food. And it really pushed people into a place where, oh, well, goodness gracious, now I've got nothing to do. What the heck am I going to do? And I guess that was probably a very large wake-up call for a lot of people when they realise that when they don't have things to distract them, like going out and shopping or going to work or going out to a cafe, that a lot of their life and their personality, I guess, is built around working or is built around consumerism um, in terms of buying buying goods from the store or going out and having dinner or things like that and I guess it really put into perspective for a lot of people how important things like hobbies are you know specifically indoor hobbies um, so during that time in New Zealand um, a lot of a lot of gaming consoles sold out because well now there's a lot of you know time on my hands what the heck am I going to do I'm just going to drown myself in uh, media um, and I, I guess during that time there would have been a lot of Netflix shows that were binged um, as well um, you know as Disney Plus all that sort of stuff um, because people people had more time on their hands to be able to do that sort of stuff but they didn't have any other hobbies that was an interest to them so I found myself in that boat uh, 
a bit because most of my hobbies include uh, watching videos on YouTube and and Netflix and things like that, um, playing games on my laptop or on the PlayStation, and that's about it. Um, I didn't have the money because I'm still a poor student to be able to go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff to start a hobby. Um, so I've sort of been c- cooking this particular podcast up and, and trying this as a new thing for, for quite a long time um, to redirect my energy and my excess time into, uh, especially my creative energy. I come from a background where I have always been quite creative. I've always loved acting. I love singing. Um, I love dancing, but I'm not good at it. So I don't do it in public. It's more of a dance like no one's watching thing when no one's watching. Um, but yeah, so it was definitely difficult for me because I hadn't been doing any of that acting or dancing or singing for quite a long time with other people that love doing the same thing. So I had to sort of look into finding uh, other things to do. So that's a big one for that existential crisis sort of thing. Um, Let's have a look at number six. Number six is don't dwell on the past, which is bigger rather not bigger, better said than done, I think. And it's going to be a lot easier for some people to say, oh, well, that's the decision I made and move on. There's definitely going to be people that are going to dwell and uh, ruminate on specific decisions that they've made or things that have happened to them that you know, they potentially didn't want, want to happen. So, you know, losing a job or, um, losing a relationship, especially during lockdown, there's probably quite a few relationships that broke down, um, because couples had never spent that much time together before. Um, so yeah, I guess that's something that has to be practiced, I suppose. Um, not looking back, They've got a quote here that says, um, don't look back, you're not going that way, which is pretty cool, I guess, because it's true. There's no point in looking back to something you can't change. Um, But I know particularly in my case, there has been things that have gone in my life that I'm still trying to let go. Things that happen. So I think that um, the big driving force behind uh, behind me trying new things would, would be that sort of sense of existential crisis and wanting to find a new new normal or a new thing that I can hook myself onto. So I have started two new things recently. Um, and I'm wanting to find more new things to try, but I think I'm going to just slow down a little bit, really get to grips, um, what I'm doing now with these two new things, uh, and just develop my skills in that. And if you hadn't noticed, 
or if you weren't listening to the first part, uh, this is one of my first new things that I'm trying. Um, so Humble Bundle, uh, if, you, if you're not sure, they used to be called Humble um, Indie Bundle, I think. Um, but they're essentially this uh, website where you can buy these bundles they put together um, and all of the proceeds for each of the different ones go to different charities. Um, and they had this book bundle, so digital book bundle, which was um, aimed at um, so social influencers or becoming a social influencer. I wasn't really interested in most of them. The one that I was mainly interested in was the, the podcasting one. Um, and I was interested in it the most, I think, because I... I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but the ones that I do, I really love listening to. And it is really, really interesting to be able to just chuck one on and listen to them talk for a long time about a range of different topics. Like I follow one um, which is about um, gaming, specifically more to do with PlayStation and and their developments and things like that. And there's another one I listened to. It was it is about um, murder mysteries and things like that. Um, I can only listen to those for so long before I start to think that the world is just an awful place to live. Um, but it is quite relaxing just to be able to chuck it on and go for a walk or go for a drive, something like that. And just, just listen. You don't have to sit there and take everything in. Sometimes it's just nice to have as, as a background sort of noise. Um, so that was one of the reasons why I bought that book and um, really wanted to get into this sort of podcasting I have owned so that the microphone I'm using is a blue yeti and I've owned this microphone for a few years now I originally bought it because I loved I love ASMR videos and I um, created a couple of them as well um, and I still love creating those sort of videos but they they don't come up very often it's really a sort of when inspiration strikes and inspiration just hasn't been striking as much as I would like it to um so I decided that well it's been sitting there it's just been gathering dust what else can I do with this microphone and the next thing that I came up with was podcasting and I realized that hey that's probably something that I really want to try I may not be any good of it uh, I may not be any good at it I may not um capture the audience um, or anything like that but maybe it's okay for it just to be for me maybe it's okay for it just to be there as something that I look back in five or ten years and think oh is that what I thought about then is that what was the most important thing in my mind that's cool or that's really pathetic <laughs> or I'm so glad that I'm in a better place now or even wow I was in such a good place then um, so this is really, uh, it's not just a new thing I'm trying, but it's also a, a record of who I am at this point, at this current time in my life. And if that sort of resonates with other people, then that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. 
And as I said, you can always um, interact with me on that social media page, um, FMP Podcast, at FMP Podcast on Twitter. Um, as I said, there will be other social media um, platforms, but at the moment that is uh, where it is. Um, now, the other thing, so podcasting is number one. That is the first new thing I've tried, and it's the first new thing I've tried in a very, very long time. But the second thing that is the second new thing that I'm trying, today I bought myself a guitar, an acoustic electric guitar. Um, I had to put this thing on, um, it's called Zip in New Zealand, but it's kind of, it's kind of like Afterpay where, or like lay-by, but you get the item first. So you pay it in four four installments, pay the first installment today. I have wanted to learn how to play guitar for a very long time, but I've never taken that step. I have been wanting to buy a guitar for the past two months, but I just haven't had the financial backup to be able to do that. So... Um, yeah, no, so it is a um, it is a metal stringed acoustic electric guitar with a with a cutout cutaway. Um, I also bought in that same transaction a capo um, to be able to change the you know to be able to change the key and all that sort of stuff. Um, I bought the guitar stand and I also bought a bag of picks because knowing me if I was going to miss anything it would be the bloody picks I made sure that I bought the picks um I am waiting on that with bated breath I am very very excited about when that's going to come and um to get started on actually playing learning how to play guitar so I when I was 11 mum actually bought me a guitar that was massive, too big for my body, it was bright pink, it had nylon strings, and I went to the first couple of itinerant music lessons that my school was provided, and I hated it. I hated the guitar, I hated the feeling of the nylon strings, I hated the teacher and how they were trying to teach us. Um, It's just... It wasn't my preferred method of learning. Um, so that, I have no idea where that guitar's gone now. I assume that mum has it somewhere or it's been chucked away or it's been given away or it's been donated, something like that. But um, at the start of this year, um, as part of my teaching degree, I chose an elective of teaching music, introdu- introducing music to the classroom. And one of the things that we we did was learning how to play basic chords and basic songs on a a ukulele and when she said that I said oh that's that's so stupid like why would I want to learn songs on a ukulele it's so it's so dumb and then when she handed them all out we all got them and we all started and it sounded bloody awful and then I started to get a whole a hang of it. Now ukuleles are deceivingly easy to play. They're incredibly easy to play. And I am so grateful now that that teacher, that that lecturer actually, you know, 
put the ukuleles in her hands and said, no, no, we're going to learn this now because it's important that you know what it's like to learn. Um, and I think that 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 music course, it was only a week, it was a week block course, that music course was the thing that really reignited reignited my love of music. Because when I was in high school, I did choir and and performing arts and all that sort of stuff. And it was the first time for so many years that I had actually picked up something to to learn it. And I loved it. I loved it so much that the second day that we that we played the ukulele, I took a weird detour home. Um, so I had to get um, two two trains and two buses in order to get to, to school. I took a weird detour home and walked for about an hour and a half just to get to this music store um, to purchase myself a ukulele because I... I loved it and I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to learn more complicated chords. I wanted to learn more complicated songs. And it got to a point where this year I'd been practicing it so much that I actually wrote my first song. And I loved it. I I love playing the ukulele, but it has its limitations. It has its, um, its drawbacks as as, a, as an instrument I what I want is something larger with more chord capabilities um, you know with with richer chords you know a ukulele only has four strings normal guitar has six so I thought that the most logical next step would be to go on to a, um, a, a guitar and I sort of tossed up between whether I wanted that guitar to be a a bass guitar, an electric guitar, um, acoustic guitar. And I landed on acoustic electric because I wanted, first off, I didn't want nylon strings. I wanted metal strings. Um, and I knew that because when I was a kid, um, my friend, she was very, very good at, well, she was quite good at guitar. Um, and she had a few guitars and they were all metal strings and I would, you know, try and play them and learn a couple of chords and things like that. And they just, it just felt so much better in my hand and so much better on my fingers than nylon strings do. And it just sounded so much nicer uh, to my ear. So I knew that I wanted, I knew I wanted, um, metal strings. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to learn on a fully electric guitar um, because it's going to sound awful to begin with. It is going to sound awful. And I don't want that to come through a bunch of speakers, um, through an amp or anything like that. I, I want it to to sound like a more natural, more natural guitar sound. I know that if I do really latch onto this and really love it and really keep going, that I probably will end up buying an electric guitar because I've always looked up to you know the guitarists of bands and and how talented they are in terms of what they can do with the the frets and and their fingers on them so those are my two new things that I'm I'm trying um if you are trying something new recently I would absolutely love to hear about it um so you've heard the um twitter handle several times fmp podcast um 
pop over there, tell me what you think. It's really means a lot. Um, so until I sort of get to a point where I have a proper sort of um, website set up and things like that, um, I hopefully will be going through WordPress and all that sort of stuff. Um, and all my links will be on Twitter uh, and Reddit. Um, I do also have a Reddit page, but I haven't quite set that up yet. So I will let you know in the next episode about that. Thank you so much for sitting here and listening to a 40-minute ramble on about God knows what. Um, it has been a real joy to be able to talk to you today, and it's been a real joy having you here with me. So as I said, my name is not important, but the topics we talk about uh, potentially are to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the first episode of From My Perspective of the From My Perspective podcast. Uh, I do look forward to hearing what you think about it and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day, a wonderful week and a wonderful life. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.